Hello. Hey, Shannon, how are you, man? Good, good. How are you doing? I'm just listening to you guys on uh, your 57th episode. Yeah, <laughs> loving your stuff. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate hearing people liking what we do because, I mean, you know, we like fan interaction. Yeah, you're very educated and passionate gents. Oh, oh, thank you, man. We try, brother. We try. <laughs> well, listen, man. Thanks for calling inside the Crazy Ant Farm today. Wait, you're calling from Toronto, right? That's correct. No, I'm actually, I just moved from Toronto. I'm, I just moved to Vancouver now. Oh, oh. Vancouver. Okay. Nice. Still, yeah. still Canada. I was yeah. close. <laughs> still Canada. Yeah. Still Canada. Uh, Weather's way better here, though, I have to say. I lived in Montreal for a few years before that, and then Toronto, and very um, nice. yeah, and uh, yeah, the weather just keeps getting better. Oh, well, that's good. That's awesome, because it sucks here in South Mississippi. I'm yeah, just going to be honest with you. <laughs> it's humid as hell, like sweating as soon as you walk outside. Oh, yeah, all year round? Uh, basically. Basically, yeah. Well, I think we have like <laughs> maybe six weeks of winter if we're lucky, and by winter, I mean it's like in the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you get that question. You want it to be really hot or really cold, and everyone has a completely different reaction to it. Exactly. Yeah, honestly, honestly. Well, what we like to do is start off each of our interview segments with how you got started in the industry. What made you want to become an actor coming up? Was it something you always wanted to do, or did something happen in your life to where you're just like, oh, this seems fun? Yeah, you know, I was just doing it because it was fun. It was in school, and we it was just something I loved doing. Uh, I never really took it seriously as something that I could do as a career, especially in South Africa. Um, and then, you know, I tried to do accounting at university for a year and mm-hmm. just detested the, the sitting in class and just reading books for something I gave no damn about. I just <laughs> doing it to get a degree. And yeah. I just wasn't, I'm not wired that way that I can sit for hours in a library for years, uh, you know, doing something. And then I was watching people, you know... It, Serving, doing do the same jobs I was do would do as an actor, but they have you know BSc degrees, or mm-hmm. some of them are doctors and they're driving cabs, or they're professors and they, you know, one ca- professor was driving me in a cab, another guy with a BSc was serving me a sub. Oh, wow! Uh, uh, I was like, well, you know, if I'm going to struggle for something that uh, you know, everyone struggles, no matter what you do, you always there's always sweat towards what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. So I figured I would do something that actually spoke to me and. I always felt so contrived as a human being. I think I'm a bit more, maybe as, a, as an artistically inclined person, a bit more sensitive than the average show. And mm-hmm. You just always feel like you're living in a box and you can't really let yourself breathe the way you really would. So I felt, felt like I had an excuse on stage or on camera to go a little further than I would every day. Oh, wow. And just be a bit butted up and civilized, um, you know, mm-hmm. on the streets of... That's awesome. That's a really interesting take on it, too. I like yeah. that. It's, I mean, because my daughter's a lot like that. She's very reserved and kind of into herself. But, I mean, I've never really thought about it, a person like that being able to step out of their comfort right. zone while they're acting. Expressing that's, themselves. Yeah, expressing yeah. themselves that way. That's, that's an extremely interesting take. And it's interesting, too, because you get to explore being alive in ways that you wouldn't necessarily get to explore living as, as a civil, yeah. civilized person. Uh, there's, there's that, so that's fun. You get to go crazy, you get to be emotional, you get to, right. you know, there's comedy, and then you can be a villain, or all sorts of things. You can be a stud, you can be a geek, exactly. you get the role, but you can play that in, in, in classes and stuff. But then at the same time, when the when you are fortunate enough to have work get out there, then you get the, the massive, uh, I don't know if it's a benefit, but the massive, uh, as, I guess, bonus of, Having someone connect to that story, perhaps, and it's speaking to their own lives and them giving insight. Like, I watch shows all the time, and it gives me reflection on, 
my own actions, my own relationships, and my own life all right. the time. And uh, you, depending on what roles I, I'm playing, that has some repercussions with people that are watching. Also, as an Asian man, I always felt like I never had Asian role models on TV. And it would be so funny to me, I, you know, sometimes people wouldn't really get that. And I'd say, okay, well, when's the last time you saw an Asian man kiss a woman on screen? Right. And I'd say, well, who's an Asian sex symbol to you? They go, oh, like Jackie Chan. I'm like, come on, don't lie to me. Jackie Chan. <laughs> I know he's not a sex symbol to you. Okay, Jet Li. I'm like, okay, all these guys do, do martial arts. You're not coming up with anyone. You don't. They don't know. They can't think of anyone. And then maybe they'll think of one. Oh, Stephen Yoon on The Walking Dead. I'm like, okay, cool. Who else? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm like, yeah, there, there just isn't any sort of reflection of that. So this is now. This is Stephen Yoon is the last decade. Mm-hmm. I'm, so I'm like, you know, I, I'm from way before that. So when I was a kid, I didn't see any Asian people on TV. Never mind much Asian people around me in South Africa. Uh, there's much more Asian people in Canada, but part of me wanted to be someone that people could see as something they could possibly be, or just a reflection of themselves. Even stories now, right. I love watching all sorts of shows, but there's, there's very few where I can see myself uh, in those situations mm-hmm. as a mixed Asian person. And you know, you don't want to, you don't want to just, uh, you know, attach yourself to being a race or right. uh, or a gender or, or, or like. A, a nation or anything, you know, right. it's just to create segregation. It's not healthy. Right. But Absolutely. there is something to be said for honoring your lineage or, or just your just your your baggage because your baggage informs you as a human being. It's your beauty, like your difference and your faults. That that's what informs you as as your humanity. It's all about making mistakes and and being imperfect. I love the stuff you guys were saying about Will Smith. I mean, uh, with it's tough because they're saying he's not black enough. I mean, right. I have so many times been final two for roles on big network shows and they say you know shannon was great he was perfect the writer literally called me and said i was his first pick but they would say we went with the other guy because shannon was uh okay this is what they said the, the shannon was too good looking and the other guy was more geeky and the reason they said <laughs> wow. he, was geeky, he was asian yeah but mm-hmm. the first thing in the script of the guy says asian boy in window comma good looking so when did you ever tell me to be, there was never a note, be more geeky, or right, look right. less attractive. There was never that note, but well, you just know that there is some kind of stereotype that is still underneath the subconscious of society. And with media, it does help see people on screen being not just the geek who's a chemist who's afraid of his parents and wants to get a math degree. Absolutely, yeah. You, 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 it's an excellent point because I do think that there's a lot of that still going on in America where Asians are considered geeky, smart guys with their camera. Right. And that they're, you know, and yep. that's ridiculous. You know, you're not the first guest we've had on that we've had this discussion with. We had uh, James Chen on also who was on um, Iron Fist and now currently on FBI. And he very much said the same thing, that he didn't have a role model to look up to when he was growing up and trying to become an actor other than oh are you going to do a martial arts movie or, right. or this kind of thing very much the same kind of a discussion that you just said um so yeah it, it's yeah. nice to see you guys kind of breaking ground on that and actually getting roles to where you can do that yeah exactly especially whole feature role or whole feature films like what'd you think about crazy rich asians that came out last year you know i loved it i was actually i didn't I was did not expect to love it that much because I went in expecting it as a rom-com. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is really stepping it up from rom-coms. So I was like, I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'm being a bit of a faith. Maybe I'm being biased because I'm part Asian. Uh, this is a big moment for me. This like, you know, people got excited about Black Panther. I, I was just so pumped to see an, an, an Asian cast. But then I was with a few girls at the bar later and they were just 
giving it a, a really deconstructing it. And and I, I stopped her and I said, listen, do you ever deconstruct rom-coms to this extent? Not <laughs> for a second. And she goes, well, no, I guess not. I said, yes, I, I don't think you do. And it's, I think you're being a little critical of it just because of, you know, just the, the success it's getting. But mm-hmm. it's a rom-com. So let it be a rom-com. Like, right. You know, I mean, it was a great movie. And for, it's just a big, it's a milestone for us. I, I was thoroughly, I was so proud to see it happen. And it's, it's great to see the excitement about, you know, now there's a, a superhero for Marvel that they want yes. to, to they want him to be Asian because they see that might there might be a market, and of course you don't want it to just, to just be about what's the next hype or right. you know about the race. Of course you don't want it to be about that. You want it to be about talent, mm-hmm. exactly. And of course you don't want there to be stereotypes, and you want there to be some some kind of reflection to what is what you see on subways and just in society around you. And I, I don't feel like I see that on a lot of shows. I, I feel like there's the token. One time I was in a movie with a guy, my buddy Stefan James. He's, he's on uh, If Bill Street Could Talk, and he's mm-hmm. the Oscar now. He's doing really well. And I remember being on the, we were like in the army together, and I remember laughing with him saying, wow, I, I'm surprised there's two of us, because I kind of thought there would be one ethnic person, and there's a black guy and an Asian guy. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was kind of cool that they had, you know, and this is, it's, it's sad that we, that we, that I thought that way, but you do start to think in, in business terms of how they're trying to place you and right. because you have to take guess what makes you more comfortable and what doesn't. But, you know, when they say that you're not a, you know, an ethnicity, you're not enough, you're not black enough, you're not Asian enough, it's so frustrating because it's like, well, I think Will Smith's black. I mean, I don't know why he's... Exactly. I understand, you know, people want, like, they don't, they don't want to be whitewashed, but when has Will Smith ever tried to be white? He's never tried exactly. to be a white guy. He, I think he's an upstanding guy he's, mm-hmm. right he does great work he's a great actor uh so so what's the problem why are you being racist to you to to, to people of others listen you don't be racist to yourself it's, it's just so funny and then at the same time i'm like i also don't want to just have to be seen as i feel like a pressure to just be asian which right. is the, right. the thing too being mixed there's not much place for being mixed because they either want you to be more white or they want you to be more like very ethnic mm-hmm. and it's hard to just be can I just be a general guy who exactly. happens to be a, like? I, do I have to have a race attached to me? That's not, exactly. I don't know if that's important. Exactly. Like There's I just so want to be a good-looking male. Right, and you know Michael B. Jordan, that that same thing when he said, you know, I have all this stress about I'm only I'm only reading for black people. We need a black guy. We need. So he just stopped. He said, I just started going and reading for anything. If it was a white guy, I read for it. If it was this, I read for. It. I I agree with you. I think that we need to get to a point where we stop looking at race and we start looking at just talent. Yeah. Is this guy talented enough to pull exactly. off this role? And that's all that should really matter. I mean. To me, anyway, I just think it's ridiculous, like you said, that we have to keep saying, is he Asian enough? Is he black enough? How about, is he talented enough? That's the that's the only question that should matter. Yeah, talent, yeah, exactly. I agree with you totally. It's, it's tricky, though, too, though, sometimes, because sometimes, like, I have caught stuff, I'll admit, I've caught stuff, the guy, I had two guys that I really liked, but one guy, if you ask anyone, they would say he was way more talented than the guy that we actually caught. But mm-hmm. the guy that we caught, was just right for the role. He just fit it. And the funny thing is, they look really similar. Similar body types. There was just an energy about them. But the other guy, in many regards, is 
is, is thought of as more talented, but the other guy was just right for the role. So sometimes it doesn't come, it's like I used to read, I'd be a reader in a lot of rooms for auditions, mm -hmm. and I'd see some great actors, mm -hmm. and they wouldn't get the part. It gets so complicated with, oh yeah, does, do they match the, the, you know, are you going to have a family of redheads, or right. does everyone have to be a redhead? Maybe you can have a blonde, or how does that affect the storyline? There's so many complications, and that's the thing with Will Smith. I'm sure there's sort of many ways of, of you know, how that's going to help the movie, and also you, you do also need... A, Sometimes you you need a draw to bring people to the cinema because people yep. are like you guys were saying not going to the cinema and watching things on Netflix. But then it's also there's way less money in the industry now. We get paid way less as actors because people are not paying for their movies. Exactly. People are downloading them. They're not going to the cinema. I don't know how Netflix gets gets paid or how we get paid through the industry through Netflix. But it's just because people are not going paying for things. We are struggling to make a living or get our contracts are just contracts are just. They work harder and harder to get some, to make a living through. I'm so thankful that I'm right now working and I've been, you know, I'm, I'm living out here and, and, and living a dream. It's, it's great. But I'm also very aware of the fact that, you know, things go in circles and they go in phases. And you, I don't like to assume that, oh, I've made it and things are always going to be great or to just think that you're better, you're better than, than everything else. Uh, and, you know, I try to stay hardworking and, and, uh, because, I mean, I know after Degrassi, I was back at a bar, bartending every right. weekend. And yeah, people are like, oh, what are you, just some washed-up nobody now? Huh? People say some <laughs> some dickish things to you. And in my head, I was just like, okay, well, you can be a dick, but right. you'll see me later. I was <laughs> like, they'll whatever, see me man. Again. You'll see me stuff, and you'll, you'll be sorry that you're such a dick. Exactly. But, uh, well, you see, yeah. though, that plays into, I think, your at your attitude is everything in this industry. Seriously. Because it really is an industry built on rejection, and you, like you said, it's in circles. You're going to get some stuff, and then you're not, and you're going to go a while where yeah. you don't have anything, and if you have the wrong attitude or a defeated attitude, you're done. I mean, so I love the fact that you're like, okay, be a dick. That's all right. Um, yeah, you know, that's great attitude to have. Yeah, thanks. Well, I mean, obviously, we got to talk about it. Freaking The Conjuring, James Wan to the conjuring that's so amazing yeah. that you got on both of those films those have been epic especially starting this whole type of franchise around those yeah there's so many offshoots they're creating a whole universe of itself uh, yeah with all the, the spin-off movies and things i think there's another annabelle coming or something uh, yeah there's now yep. one focusing on their daughter uh and i think vera and and vera Farmiga and patrick wilson are signed on to do a smaller part on that too mm -hmm. that's right i was so so for, I mean, I remember I, I taped for that. I was I was uh, working three jobs at that time. And, wow. And I was uh, right raising money for sick kids. And uh, I remember, like, I had a little self-tape studio in my, where you self-tapes the when you shoot active auditions for, to send them to LA and things. That, that's what we do a lot of the time now. And mm -hmm. I had a business at home, and I remember, like, there was at one point where I was so tired, I was almost dozing off taping taping someone and she oh, laughed wow. like are you falling asleep right now I'm, like, I'm so <laughs> sorry I'm so tired I'm working all these jobs and then i suddenly got a call back from i didn't think anything would happen i actually taped my buddy of my row chambers who's on the grassy mm -hmm. and uh he, and then i was like hey do you mind just fitting in these few pages with me before you leave and he read with me i never thought anything would come of it and then they called back and they needed a retape by the next morning so my buddy jameel french helped me we like went in his car and taped it quickly and next thing I'm a Canadian on an American set and I will always remember arriving on the set seeing these massive lights and it was my first time in a studio and um, just seeing Patrick leaning again it was just silent there was a, there was switching shots 
and Patrick was leaning against the wall under this great lighting, reading a book, just yeah. like looking all suave in his suit and stuff, his hair slicked back. And I was just aghast. I actually remember also roll, going going into my hotel, rolling my bag across the pool, and I I just teared up looking at this, being like, "Wow, I've I, I've I've made it here." Because the whole time you're thinking, "My visa's not going to go through. It's in America, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, wrong. I'm not going to get this. Uh, it's too good to be true." But I felt so so fortunate to be, and also being in the '70s, I'm like, "There's no way they're going to cast me in a '70s movie." Like, right, right. I'm Asian. They're not going to cast me. And uh, I mean, of course, there was definitely tons of Asian people during the 70s, but I just thought that they wouldn't be forward-thinking enough to, to bring me bring me into it. So I owe a lot of that to James Wan, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, uh, and it's great that he brought me back. They're making a third one in June. Yeah, I'd love to be back on that one. We'll see what happens. You never know. Absolutely. Um, we'll start a campaign for you. It's fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Of yeah. course, of course. Well, you know, too, and, and let's talk about the, the 100 also. I mean, I, I think you've been really diverse roles to yeah. go from like the conjuring to the 100. Um, I, I mean, I, you, you're able to pull off a lot of different roles. And I feel like in the 100, there's a lot of you in there. You said that you're kind of a sensitive guy and you, and you kind of wear it, yeah. you know, and, and the, your character on that show is, is very introverted and kind of a sensitive guy, doesn't socially interact with people very well because he was secluded for so long. Talk about that a little bit. How's it been like working on that show? Yeah. Oh, it's been fantastic. I honestly think this is the, the broadest range people will see of me on, on screen so far. I mean, I've done a bunch of things and I've, I've often felt like my my... The work does not reflect what I can do on screen, mm-hmm. which is sometimes just what the script is or what right. you have within the role. You can't push it too far. Uh, you know, it's different to what I got to do in theater school. But and on this one, there's quite a range of... It's exciting because, look, I'm a grown man in my late 20s, but I still have very much of a childlike experience because I've never interacted with people. I've never met a woman besides my mother right, or a man besides my father. And I've read about all these people and lived in space and I've never touched, I've never smelt air or tasted food besides having this green algae all my life. I've never, you know, kissed, had chocolate, touched the soil. You know, there's so many things to experience, but I'm a grown man. So it's almost, there's a lot that can happen within that. And I also have this honor to, 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 I guess, this pressure to honor my parents because they've passed, they've passed away mm-hmm. and and now you know the, the message was to do better because so a lot of the, the crux of what the hundred was was how much you would do to survive and right. uh you know are you a good person still for doing these things to survive like how far would you go and where do those lines blur right and now the message was to be the good guys in the new season and i'm taking that with me feeling like i i like basically i i've been left in charge of humanity that all these people are sleeping on the ship and i'm here there to wake them up and bring them to this new planet, and now we go down, and they see me as incompetent. They see me as a child. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, my parents say, you know, take care of our boy. And I don't think I'm a boy. I mean, I've been preparing. I think I'm smart. I think I'm competent. Right. Uh, but I'm being treated like I, I don't know. And then I'm also there trying to live up to what my parents want, and then feeling these urges of, you know, you, you, you try to prepare for something, but then what do you do when certain things happen? When mm-hmm. a certain thing happens in front of your eyes? Are you going to be violent? Are you are you going to act the way that you you premeditated? Uh, it's a wonderful role. I think I, there's a lot of range that um, the, the the audience will will get to see if it gets into the edit because sometimes things often get cut out of edits. Mm-hmm. Even right. with the Conjuring, a lot of what was in the script got cut. We shot a, a couple weeks over. I had more of a love story in the Conjuring, 
Oh, wow. Which I wasn't sure about at first. I was like, oh, I don't know. I feel like it's weird. I'm rocking up in this house and yeah. flirting with the water. Isn't that kind of creepy? I said it a few times. They cut it down and it wasn't in there. But there were some funny lines that got taken away and um, just because of lack of timing. And also, same thing with Dark Places. Half of what was in the script uh, uh, that the Gillian Flynn novel with uh, Charlie Stern and Chloe Moore starred in. I, half my part wasn't in that. So you never know what's going to happen, especially with TV. Right. Uh, they need to fit it all in. But yeah, I'm excited for the the fans of The 100 to, to see what's coming. Oh, absolutely. I th- I just It's got to be a fun role as an actor because like you said, there's so much stuff that you get to yeah, approach with it. Yeah, wide range. Character. And I think now for sure, The Conjuring 3, we need Drew to have a love story. Exactly. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> let's, let's put it back. <laughs> Make that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also try, you know, when things don't go my way, I try to stay, yeah, well, you know, that's not my story. What's the plot? Even when I... I got final picks for some roles. Like I, I was so close to how to get away with murder. I was screen tested for that. Mm-hmm. I was up for, for two of the lead roles. Uh, with Bruce Lee. I was final picks for for that movie. And oh wow! It, there's, there's Power Rangers. You know, I was, the, I was almost the Black Ranger. You, you, you don't get things. You, you, you think, okay, well, the time is right for that person that got it. Mm-hmm. Of course, sometimes it's harder than others, but right. generally, I would think it's, uh, it, it's my story right now. Like it's my life. There's lessons I still need to learn or things that I just need to go through first before I'm ready to go to that next thing. Uh, for instance, too, I auditioned for the guy who plays my father on 100. I auditioned mm-hmm. for Thomas McDonald's part also. Thomas McDonald and Alicia Devon Carey were both shooting movies uh, when I was shooting The Conjuring and we were all in the same hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't get the part. And then years later, I ended up playing playing his son. Uh, oh, wow, and then there you go. That I was final fix for that I didn't get, but I was really sad about not getting those. But mm-hmm. honestly, if I, if I was doing those parts, I would not be able to do the 100 right now. And mm-hmm. I'm so thankful for that. This is a blessing of a part to do. Uh, I know he's not, I'm a new regular, but I'm not, you know, the, the main storyline, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, uh, but he's one of the main characters. Uh, it's, a great, it's a great role to, to be able to play as an actor. Oh yeah, definitely. We're wholeheartedly believe that everything happens for a reason around here. Like for That's sure. right. Yep. Timing is everything, and when it's supposed to happen, it'll happen. Look, man, you you've got like I said, such diversity, and you've pulled off some like seriously amazing. Your time is coming, bro. Yeah, I mean, seriously. I, I feel like it's gonna hit. You're gonna yeah yeah yeah. You keep saying you're missing this one or missing that, yeah. but I think it's just it's mint. Yeah. You're gonna hit, bro. And I mean, you're even going behind the camera now. You're gonna start producing on a, a movie Goliath, right? Oh yeah, we were producing a film. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely love to shoot stuff. Uh, I, I I coach actors a lot. Well, when I was in Toronto, I had a studio there, so I'd have several actors a week that would come in and shoot and train with me for auditions, and I'd shoot their self tapes. Most of my big jobs have been booked from tapes in my studio. Nice. Um, all my screen tests, but yeah, they often are like, "When are you going to direct?" Uh, but you know, directing is such a beast. Uh, mm-hmm. You really have to nurture this baby as to what you want to do and right. why you want to do it. Uh, Goliath, I was very involved in the beginning. Uh, we raised a lot of money, and I, I basically cashed. I got a lot of the actors, and when I ran the auditions and, and everything, and then I stepped back a lot for the director because it was his first time directing. Yeah. He was in university. I liked the idea of having a professional help a newcomer, and, and that's come together and make something. Definitely. Um, you know, then I had to step back a lot and just let them take control and let them do what they wanted to do. So I haven't heard about Goliath for, for a long time. Uh, because that's that's up to them now. Because you know it's his baby, right? Uh, but I I put so much free time into that. Like yeah. it was, and, and definitely I would like to make more films. But the question is often, 
what story do you want to tell? I thought of shooting documentaries in South Africa about being mixed. Mm-hmm. About because like my mom, I don't know if you know, is Kate Cullet. So if you know, Cullet here sounds like a racist old school term, but in South Africa, it's a proud mixed term. Cullet okay. people in South Africa speak Afrikaans. They mm-hmm. don't speak Zulu or uh, it's, it's like Trevor Noah is. He, he would he would probably be considered Cullet in South Africa. So mm-hmm. uh, my mom is Cullet. But I never looked like my colored family. So when I would go back, I'd often get picked on or laughed at. But I identified so much with my colored side because I spent more time with that side of my family than my Asian side. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, so, but I just didn't look like them. Right. And then people like try to take fights with me on the street. And I was just so, I remember being so disappointed. I'm like walking through the streets and like 10 kids are like, ching, chong, one, nine, 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 me all the time. Right. And you know, and I'm sitting, and I'm walking down the street, and I turn my back, and when you turn your back to face them, they stop. Yeah. And you turn your back again to walk, and then they start taunting you, and you turn back again, and they stop. Yeah. They kept doing it. So eventually, I walked back over to them, and then they all stopped. They just were kind of shocked that this Asian kid is actually saying something back, because I think the stereotype is that we just put our heads down mm-hmm. and we don't interact. And but then the ringleader was a girl, and she would have stopped. And then I'm feeling kind of like I'm feeling, eh, I'm feeling riled up, mm-hmm. but uh, this is. I'm a teenage kid with a teenage girl in front of me, and here I am facing off with this girl, and both of our both of our egos are starting to butt heads. Thankfully, her mother came out and said, "Oh, you're back! <laughs> <laughs> you shut up! I mean, shut up! That's Afrikaans." Yeah. Uh, but I remember just being so disappointed because I'm like, "This is Mitchell's plane." When apartheid happened, they separated the different races to separate races, and they put them they put colored people in in Mitchell's plane, like how people would mostly know it is, is Mitchell's plane or, or the Cape Flats. Mm-hmm. And uh, the black community in Joburg was put into Soweto, which, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of see a metaphor for it in District 9 when the aliens are uh, there in the, the little shanty town. Right. That's kind of Soweto uh, might look like, uh, you know, uh, back, back in a certain period. Um, but I'm like, you are put here in a disadvantaged area because of apartheid, and here you are just being racist to someone who's also ethnic and, you know, shares, shares you'll share something with you. And exactly. I just remember being so disappointed by that because I felt like that was home for me. But then I realized it wasn't home. And then you have all these questions immigrating and moving to different cities and mm-hmm. then dealing with, with roles and, and race and questions of what makes you a man or what makes you Asian or what makes you anything. Uh, you, you, your questions of home and identity start to shift and you start to realize that home is where your heart really is. Exactly. And not to be too attached to identity or or, you know, just classifications. It's dangerous. It's it's beautiful, but it's also, you know, like how far do we need to take being separate? Like, it just everyone just needs to get along and love each other. I just Exactly. Agreed. Perfectly <laughs> said. I mean, seriously. And I, I thank you for sharing that. Because, seriously. I mean, you know, there's a lot of history there, which I imagine plays heavily into you as an actor, bringing that experience and that emotion, that the stuff that you've gone through into the characters that you play. But I, we, I always love to hear people's background and how they've been able to overcome what they've gone through and the adversity to get where they are. And especially people like yourself who have gone through such adversity and still have such a positive attitude yeah. and still approach everything with the attitude that now you, that the positivity that you approach it with. It's so great to hear, man. Thank you for sharing that story, really. Thanks, man. Is this Dustin or Logan? Uh, this is Dustin. Who's... And I'm Logan. That's Dustin. What's up, man? Hey, man. hey Logan. Okay, I think I, I think I know your voices. There okay, we go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey. 
That's funny. That's funny. Well, what we like to do at the end of every guest segment is have our guests leave a little bit piece of advice for the up and comers trying to break into the industry. You know, what pitfalls to try to avoid and, you know, stuff to try out. You know, what advice would you give to those people? Okay, totally. Yeah. So my advice to be to, to people in any sort of thing that you would like to do is there is no formula to how things are done. At the end of the day, you have to take a step forward and try something. Mm. And that will lead to other things. I almost think of it like you're driving down a long, quiet road and your light is shining down that road. And then your light will only shine so far. You have to drive a little further to see that light down and see what else is coming and to Mm -hmm. go down the left or the right street. You cannot ask someone how to do it. Their experience will be different to yours. There is no one, two, three. You have to do it yourself and you have to fail. And guys... It is okay to fail. Have fun failing. That's the beauty of it. Fall down, get back up. And you will love yourself more for failing and getting back up. You don't want it to just be easy. If you get it too easy, you almost feel like, oh, I didn't deserve this dessert. Mm -hmm. Take a step. If you want to be an actor, take a class. And then you'll meet someone in that class who knows something else to do. They'll know an agent or they'll Mm -hmm. know another class because that class isn't good enough. Or go to some plays. I went into the back of the Now magazine when I first went to Canada. I was doing background. I got a lot of money that wasn't paid to me. I did some weird jobs. I had some weird agents. And then I went to something else. I went to another acting class that didn't work either. I did background, and, and I watched on set. You have to take steps to start to find your way into something. No one is going to tell you how to do it. At the end of the day, it boils down to you taking that ownership and loving yourself to pursue that. And, guys, it's fine. If, you, if that turns out to not be what you want to do, just change course and do something later. You have tons of time. Like life doesn't work and like you have to get your degree and then then retire. It's not like that anymore. At the end of the day, you can be happy. Just whatever makes you happy. I see a lot of the poorest people way happier than the people with the BMWs and the fancy cars. Mm -hmm. Where is the love in your life? What makes you happy? That's really what it boils down to. Just take steps. Yes, I love that. That yeah, was great. You can't say it any better than yeah. that. I, I, man, you have such a solid head on your shoulders, bro. And, and you you clearly have your priorities straight. And yeah. That's great advice for people trying to get in. That's great advice for anybody. Anybody, just, honestly. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Oh, man. It was but, a pleasure talking to you guys. Uh, I love your show. I love your, your intellect and your passion and, and uh, just the perspective you give. And th- thank you for everything you guys are doing for the industry. Oh, oh man, thank you so much, bro. Yeah, that that really warms our hearts, man. I mean, seriously, and thank you for the kind words. And listen, open invite. Yeah, if you if you get in the Conjuring Three, or if you just want to come back out and hang out, man, open invite anytime. You're more than welcome, man. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah, seriously. Cheers, guys. Yeah, I'd love to be back. I'd love to be back, and I hope the weather gets better than Mississippi. <laughs> thank you, man. Thank you, man. All right, take care now, and we'll be All in right. touch soon, man. Okay, guys, coming out. Uh huh. Bye bye. Yeah, yeah.